Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. church planner this is pete mitchell and this is peyton jones and pete you're amazing thank you and i am so happy because after a hundred thousand downloads of the church planner podcast we finally got our first two-star review from someone who was so offended by the smack talk they felt themselves compelled to go to the review section of iTunes and say, I'm sorry, guys, I just have to be honest. It, it's just too silly. You suck, and I got to let you know. And I got to give you a two-star. I got to put that out publicly that after 150 hours of giving back to this church planning community, I got I to gotta, I gotta stick you in the mud. <laughs> hey, man, we're church planners. We're used to that kind of abuse. I'm not sore or anything. <laughs> Hey, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Hey, but he left us a really positive one on hardcore. He so did. I was he happy. Did. I'm like, hey, the the yin and the yang are satisfied. I'm I'm down with that. Well, what's funny is I told you yesterday. I go, look, here's my stance on it. After a hundred thousand people of listening to the podcast, you're the first two star review. It's you, not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's you. <laughs> I, I hate to, and then and then I told you I cyber stalked him and he's putting on his Facebook page yeah I'm gonna start my own podcast I'm like oh good can't wait to give you a two-star review you better do two of them buddy because that's the only way you're getting out of this hey speaking of that I, I am gonna say if you haven't left us a positive review then please do so but if if it's only two stars I'm just saying you might want to hold it back but we, if, if, we, if 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 you're thinking I really like this podcast and 
And gosh darn it, Pete and Peyton show up every week, waste 20 minutes of my time with Smack Talk, <laughs> but they give me 40 minutes of church planting solid gold, and I've never done anything to give back to the church planting community or Pete and Peyton and Pete. Get on our podcast, get on iTunes, and leave us a review. What that does is it blows us up into the face of other people who might be offended so they can give us a two-star review. <laughs> you know, I can actually picture the guy, and you know how when he gets really upset, this is be how nice I picture now. him. Be nice. This is how be I nice. picture him when he Come gets on, really upset. I think upset. it's time for Flanders. Come on, Calm put Flanders down, on. Italy, 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 Italy. They did their best. Shoddily, Italy, Italy, Italy. Gotta be nice. Hostility, Italy, Italy, Italy. Oh, hell, did I think that crap? Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. Hey, uh, so what happened to your camera, dude? I, I can't see you. Well, you turned your camera off, so no, I figured I you're going to pick your nose. I'm going to do the same. No, I didn't turn my ca- off. It must have just turned off on you. Oh, well, I see you riding a cool little green tractor. There you are. Oh, back. there you are, Peter. No, it must have been Skype. Skype was having issues, apparently. Yeah, attachment issues. It has been over 150 episodes, Pete. I know. This is this is lucky 151. And by the way, Ooh, happy Force Friday to you, my friend. Yeah, you know, here's the deal with Force Friday for me. Because Jamie brought this up to me yesterday. She goes, what's this Force Friday thing that's going on? And I'm like, it's just stupid. I'm, I'm not a Force Friday kind of guy. Wait, as a marketer, you think it's stupid? Yeah. Well, it's solid gold marketing. As a, as a victim of marketing, I think it's stupid. <laughs> yes, you are very much a victim. <laughs> Because here's the problem. They're like, yeah, all the new Star Wars toys are out. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know who these people are. I don't know if I should care and buy that toy. The Stormtrooper helmet is a given. The little robot that moves around remote controlled by your phone is a given. Oh, you I haven't have seen that. These. They have oh, that? Dude. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. And it, and now it we got to go to Toys R Us. Why are we doing the podcast? Okay, okay. I'll meet you back here in a little while. <laughs> 45 minutes. All right. Hold on, everybody. We'll be right back. Okay, yeah, this thing is so cool. I got it right here. Yeah, dude, make it hit the wall. <laughs> Look, it's chasing my dog. We didn't really go to Toys R Us, but we're going later, right, Pete? Well, apparently, I, honestly, I thought it was so stupid until you told me they got the little rolling. You can get, you can, okay, now, uh, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. Uh, we should probably talk about today's topic, uh, which is normally what we do, because we are going to waste some of your time. Now, you're probably going to want to leave us a two-star review for doing this, but we're not even sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, no. It, and it doesn't. After 150 hours, it doesn't change this. We're still going to keep doing it. But, you know, when when I read his review where he's like, you know, it's just immature and all that, I'm thinking, man, you know, honestly now, I hang out with dudes. And when I hang out with dudes, that's kind of what it's like. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. All I can say, are you okay? You, you look <laughs> I'm like get over. Do, do I need to call nine one one? Oh what my the gosh! Heck? Hold on, let me take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Play a sound clip, dude. I'm dying, dude. This, this is why we have Skype for our our call, so I can call nine one one right in the middle of the the podcast and, and save you. Yeah, you got a good I visual. I'm like karate chopping wow. my throat because. My water went down the wrong tube, but here's here's the deal. If don't you don't make have me destroy you. That too, but if you don't have a sense of humor, you're not going to make it in church playing because you're you're either going to laugh or you're going to cry half the time. 
So um, we actually did a podcast all about the use of humor. Spurgeon had a whole chapter on that. Did we do a whole podcast on humor? We did. We did, yeah. Why sense of humor is important in church planning. So I remember that one. Oops. Yeah. So, uh, well, there's like 150. Like, we remember half of them. But I did go back and listen to our earlier episodes, and I noticed we didn't have a lot of smack talk. Smack talk used to just be mixed in, where we would suddenly go on this ginormous tangent. Really? In the middle of our church planning talk. we just go off. And well, then we come back. Now I we remember, do that and we have smack talk. I remember episode fifty because episode fifty was one of my favorite episodes. The title of that one was the one about episode fifty. <laughs> like that's what we called it. <laughs> and we told everyone at the very beginning there is going to be nothing in this about church planning, <laughs> and it was a hundred percent smack talk. Yeah, that was like our celebration. It was. Goof off. I think man. it was only like a half hour though. I don't think it was a full hour. I think it was the same amount of smack talk we normally do. But. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, if uh, if you want to show appreciation for the smack talk, I mean, you can scrub us, right? You don't got to leave a two-star review. You can scrub us past the 20-minute mark. Mama always said, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> and uh, sometimes the podcast just didn't do justice to the visual I had right there watching you do that <laughs> voice. That was fantastic. But... Uh, but anyways, all, all that to say, um, so what, what's our, oh, our topic today is how to handle all of the sticky wickets, all of the social uh, sensitivities, all the stuff going around. Gosh, man, unless you live in a cave, you know right now that that church planning is filled with with potential minefields and everybody's tiptoeing around or just trudging through it, setting off bombs left and right. Um, how do you deal with this in a church? Give them specifics. What are we talking about? Well, I mean, you know, there's homicide. Well, you, you just rat on them off. Gay marriage, Planned Parenthood, abortion, um, all of the, the social things, racial stuff going on, racial stuff, you know, and, and, and we've said this before, before we get into smack talk that America has an addiction to anger. You go to other countries and the news isn't just hate talk. They don't have these radio stations where it's like some, you know, inflammatory shock jock just trying to take people off or preach to the choir. But America, we love to do this. We have a bipartisan system, which means that the other side's always wrong. And living outside of America for 12 years, I really got to see it. Um, the rest of the world is not like us. We have an addiction to anger. We want to we want to hate on people. We're abusive in our comments about people, um, and, and and you just got to go live somewhere else and hear how people talk about things. Where you know they're trying to get to a solution. Americans like to polarize. It, again, it's probably a consequence of a bipartisan system, and so what happens is that comes into our American church planning context where suddenly you're, you're, you're dealing with this whole, you know, how do I deal with this? Because we're so polarized as a people. How do I actually bring Jesus into this topic, into this situation? I've got a limited amount of time, so we're going to tackle that today. Yeah, and I mean, how do you, how do you address that issue when uh, opinions are so heated on each side? And because I know there are some people are just going to be like, well, you just preach the truth. Well, okay, great. Um and then we reach nobody. 
I'm not yeah, saying you and, don't and preach funny the truth. Enough, I'm just saying the, you, there's there's but that's that's what the topic's gonna be. So we'll get to that. We got smack talk to do. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Now that it's that part of the show where we talk smack, what you gonna do when the Church Planner Podcast runs wild on you? So uh, I do actually have something to share in Smack Talk. Do you know what the Amazon Echo is? I do not. See, I'm not even sure if you can see it from there. Can you? Can you? Let me let me move my camera oh, wow. so you can see it. Right. Dude, that looks like something out of like 2001: A Space Odyssey. Can I, I, it's like a monolith. It kind of is, yeah. And it's you know it's kind of weighty, so like it there feels should be monkeys like dancing around it, like <laughs> banging on it with bones. <laughs> it feels very solid. It's kind of nice like that. Well, I I am I am just a glutton for pretty much any new piece of technology. Wow, can you hear that jet going by? I can. It's kind of like your train. Only I got the Air Force Base is like going off today. So um, I'm, I'm pretty much a glutton for any type of uh, electronic that comes out. I want to buy it. So I always have to like find a reason and an excuse to buy it. So my, my excuse on this is my laptop speakers are just horrible. So I really want to hook my Bluetooth speakers up to my laptop. But right now they're hooked up to my iPad. And so I was like, all right, well, then I need another speaker. So I'm going to get Alexa because Alexa, oh, see, she's waiting for me. I just, you can't see it, but she lit up because I said her name. Oh, no way, dude. See, do you see it? It's no awesome. way. Yeah. So what you do is you say the, the keyword phrase, like in that case, her name. I'm not going to say it again because I don't want her to light up. And then uh, you tell her what you want her to do. So like if I want her to play Pandora or listen to one of my Audible books or uh, no way. tell me the news, she'll tell me the news. So... It, it doesn't have iTunes on there. It what? has, I know, it has TuneIn, which is some other station. So for all of you church planners out there who are thinking, gosh, I need an excuse to buy the Amazon Echo. Here's your excuse. I got the Church Planner Podcast and Hardcore Church Planning in the directories at TuneIn. So Whoa. now you can go to, I'm, I'm going to give you a demonstration. Hopefully it works because I have said this about the Amazon Echo. It's a retarded Siri. It's not nearly as good as Siri is. So um, we're going to try it out here. See, now Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Alexa, play TuneIn. Getting the last TuneIn program you listen to. Church Planter Podcast. No way. Yeah. Alexa, pause. So there you go. Now you guys all know that Alexa will play the Church Planner podcast and hardcore church planning. Dude, I dig that. Wow. Keeping up with technology, man. Keeping up with the Joneses. Well, you know, you know me. I had to find an excuse and I found my excuse. That warrants a new soundbite, Pete. What's the soundbite? No, that's not it. <laughs> she wants me to know. Oh my gosh! See, see, this is the problem. I can't say her. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Stop it. Hardcore George Clooney. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Stop, Alexa. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I said. She's not nearly as good as Siri. <laughs> Alexa, stop. I can't find the answer to the question I heard. 
<laughs> Alexa, stop! Stop! <laughs> you want me to call Gigi? <laughs> well, see, she's not connected to my phone, thankfully, or who knows who I'd be calling. So I don't even know what soundbite to play after that. But that's my that's my new toy, uh, my new toy of the week. I've been using it for uh, music, really, pretty much. Pandora is pretty much all I use it for. And the news. As soon as I come in in the morning, I go. Well, so we talking like 20 bucks, a couple hundred bucks? A couple what, hundred what's bucks. That gonna, oh, man. 179 Wow. 179 and it was delivered the same day I ordered it. Amazon's got this whole, you know, you want it delivered today? Here you go. Instant gratification, baby. Yeah, and on Prime, it's the same. I mean, it's free. So I'm like, all right, deliver it today. It's weird. No kidding. Yeah. Wait, so if you have Prime, you can get same-day delivery for free, too? In certain areas. I think because wow. I must be close to a hub or something. I don't know. It must be. But, Holy cow, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I well, cool. It. Should we get into our topic? Absolutely. Unless you had any smack talk that you needed to throw in there. I don't want another two-star review, man. We better get going. I actually don't have anything. Force Friday, you know, all I can say is uh, I, I can't wait to go buy a Stormtrooper helmet today because I personally think those new Stormtrooper helmets are the coolest Stormtrooper helmets yet. They so don't even look any different to me. I mean, like so minor. I'm like, who cares? Well, the eye visor, the black part goes all the way around the front of the mouth. How cool is that? <laughs> it's kind of like I remember when Samsung was making matters. Fun of, it matters. They were making fun of iPhone commercials and they're all, yeah, they took the headphone jack and they put it on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy's all like blowing his mind. <laughs> like that's what that reminded me of. The black visor for the eyes goes all the way down around the mouth. Because <laughs> you're watching mind. me. You're watching my face and I'm all lit up and animated. Like this is awesome. You know, I feel sorry for the church planners, you know, that shall remain nameless like Hector Mora and Jimbo Balaam who uh, listen to this and don't like Star Wars. You know, I think we offended Jimbo Balin because I actually talked to him this week. And he's like, yeah, so you guys still doing the podcast? I'm like, huh, I see you're not listening to the show. (laughs) All right, Doc, take us away. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. All right. This week's topic is how do you deal with those sticky wickets in your church plant? Like Planned Parenthood, gay marriage, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's a good question because... For me, uh, looking at it, like, let's just take gay marriage, because right now on this Friday, that's the one that's all over the news because of the uh, county clerk in Kentucky who's not issuing gay marriage. Do you follow this? Because you don't even have the news. No. Oh, well, what about Facebook? Is it showing up in your news feed? I think like every story in my news feed is about this chick. You know, when people are lame, I, I tend to like block them. So if they're being if if it's associated with something lame, then I yeah I, I don't I don't see it anymore. How are you not going to see that one? It's like literally every article in my newsfeed. Okay, I'm opening up my Facebook now. Let me just turn it on. Boom boom. The Facebook. All okay, right, so what is here's it? the story. She's the county clerk in Kentucky. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. <laughs> So you want to hear the stuff that shows up on my feed? Yes, I do, actually. Minimal movie posters made out of metal. Make your place unique today for $44. That's actually really cool. Um, I see, let's see, um, something about a bird bath. Something about, it's just people stuff that they're posting. How come I, 
None oh, of your I friends see something are in the about coconut oil. I have see, no clue. Why all of the that. church planners they come and friend me, and so I get to see this all in my newsfeed. But church planners they don't really go to you because let's face it, when it comes to church planning, Pete Mitchell is the source of the information, not Peyton Dollar Jones. Shave Club. I got some of that. I got uh, horrible razors, by the way. Are they really? Yeah, it's the only time I've ever had a handle break on me. Was when I had Dollar Shave Club and I had their premium razors. So they're not good razors. No, they're not. I got something about social marketing cheat sheets. Like they're not I, good. Harry's aren't good. Literally, the only ones that are good are Gillette and Schick or Schlick Harry's or isn't good. I've heard oh. like raving reviews about Harry's that. is awful. That's the one I just went from because I was like, oh, okay, well, it'll be cheaper. I'll try them. Awful razors. And we're still in spec talk. And they're not sponsors of the podcast. That's why I can say that because <laughs> they're like big so, podcast uh, sponsors. Just not yeah, ours. So, so basically, I, I'm not seeing anything of what you're talking about. Oh my gosh! All right, well, I'm I'm going all the way down, man. So I'm seeing here's I'm here's seeing, here's the breakdown. It's wait 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 wait. Is this it? Jail for court clerk who yes. refused gay marriage license in Kentucky. Yeah. Okay, so it, it was you know about a hundred and something posts down on mine. Well, you just oh, wait. Now here they are. Now they're all coming up. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the long and the short of it is, she won't issue gay my uh, gay licenses, gay marriage licenses, because it uh, she feels as a Christian she can't do it. So she's claiming religious freedom, whatever. And of course, then that just sets everybody off. Um, you know, does she have the right to ignore the law? Except that there isn't a law. There's only a Supreme court ruling, which isn't a law. There's like all these, like talk about the sticky wicket, right? I mean, it's totally the sticky wicket on a political side. This is the problem with having, with not actually following the constitution. Like judges aren't allowed to create laws for a reason because of messes like this. But, um, so the, the, the question everyone's got is, you know, should she be able to do this, you know, or, you know, now she's being sent to jail for contempt of court because she refuses to, to sign the uh, uh, marriage licenses. And um, we church plant in Long Beach, which is uh, it's like the second highest gay uh, community or population, however you want to put it, area in uh, it might be the country, but it's certainly in California because San Francisco still takes number one. Yeah. It's a second. Yeah. Is it in the country or just the state? Uh, in the state. I'm not sure about the country. Yeah, it's sure up there the in the country. Yeah, it's certainly up there. Because, you know, I mean, that's I mean, that's Long Beach for you. We got the yeah. gay pride parade. We so got everything we're, else. we're actually in the Rainbow District. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize we're actually, we when we planted in the park, that park, the, the gay coffee shop in Long Beach is known as Hot Java. And we would get our coffee from them. Really? And we intentionally I didn't went know they were yeah, the, we, I didn't know they were the gay coffee shop. I didn't know coffee shops could be gay. I thought they could just be coffee shops. Yeah, no, it was, well, I mean, it's it's the hang, you know. And before that, it was portfolio. And portfolio is kind of, uh, the, some of you that know, um, uh, what's his name, Organic Church. Uh, shoot. I'm Frank Neil Viola. Cole. Neil Cole. Oh, oh, I'm um, sorry. So Neil Cole, uh, the coffee shop he writes about a lot. I didn't realize it th this at the time until a buddy of mine, uh, I went somewhere with him when he was preaching and he, he was a part of that team. And he's like, oh yeah, that that's where we used to go. He goes, you guys are right across from portfolio. And uh, so anyways, but that used to be 
uh, the hangout. And, um, but yeah, it's hot Java now. And we would specifically go in there to, to, you know, just bridge a gap and be like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to get our coffee from you, you know, just give you, give you business and build that relationship. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the question becomes, how do you tackle these subjects, you know, in your church plant? Because I, I can already tell you right now, I can hear the, the battle cry. There's going to be a lot of people who are just going to be like, you know. Two-star reviews, here they come. Ju- yeah, just preach the word. That Just do that. And, you know, if you offend them, you offend them. And it's almost like no desire to actually reach anybody just and i'm and i'm not saying you don't preach the word like this is this is the sticky wicket like how do you walk down this path how do you explain how you talk about this to people without i mean because you're just going to offend people all the way around with you're either not preaching enough or uh you're preaching too much so you know the question is how do we deal with this in a church plan how do we deal with it yeah, so I think, you know, if if I'm looking at this, um, I, I do think that you need to address things. And I think different subjects call for different responses and different types of responses. For example, I'm not going to respond to the gay marriage thing the same way I'm going to to Ferguson, right? Um, when Ferguson happened, we literally prayed as a congregation. And that was my response is I said, Hey, let's pray. And I prayed at the end of worship and I prayed into the hurt and the pain. And it was the first time in my life I've ever had someone applaud a prayer. And it was Lord, there's so much hurting. There's so much injustice. People have been wronged. Innocents have been killed. And it, it was slightly political, but without knowing all the details, I prayed into the hurt. You know, I prayed into the, I, I didn't politicize it, but there are people that are hurting and need to hear from you and father heal the wound in this country and, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, anyone on, on either side of that as a believer can pray that prayer, but we didn't ignore it. Uh, we, you know, which I think from the white community is important. We have a responsibility when these things happen and our black brothers and sisters have been aggrieved that we need to stand with them and pray for them and represent them because I see it as almost kind of like it's hard when your people group is the target of a political, um, you know, whatever, or there's, there's an injustice done. It should be, you know, in, in that in that sense, you're almost defenseless. And we've covered all this before, but I prayed into it. Um, I, I probably wouldn't pray into the gay marriage. Like, I would handle it totally differently. Um, the Planned Parenthood, I would handle it completely let's, let, let's differently. Let's talk about the gay marriage issue because that's the one thing going on. And w- we need to, I think, address the Planned Parenthood issue and like you said, I think I actually really agree with something you just said. We have to handle each topic differently mm. because we're talking about things that affect people totally differently, right? The race yeah. issue affects people differently. Um, I guarantee you in your church right now, church planner, you have women that have had abortions and boyfriends, husbands, brothers, sons who have driven women uh, to have abortions. I guarantee you, you've had that. So, I mean, it is something that you've got to address in your church, but you also have to address it realizing, you know, 
this is going to affect people differently. In in the church growth movement, it, it, it is important to note this, that in the church growth movement, um, it, particularly in the 90s, it became very apparent that, uh, you know, we had the Roe v. Wade and then, um, you know, earlier in the 70s and then um, in the 80s, you know, the church, the church growth movement started and suddenly that seeker sensitive um, focus kind of took root for people that wanted to grow their church big. And with that came a sensitivity to offending people. And, and because, you know, what would happen is the preacher would preach like he did in the early 80s after the Roe v. Wade, and suddenly a bunch of angry women would, would, would storm the back of the church or the front of the church, depending on where the preacher was standing, and say, you know, hey, you know, and, and it took a while, but I can remember in the 90s where, you know, someone pointed out in ministry that, look, most of your people, because of their generation, and now this generation is a little bit older, but it was most of them during the, the during that era of the, the children of the 60s, they all got abortions, you know? Um, and, and, and most women, I can remember this, most moms, most family women, unless they were raised in the church by that time had had abortions. And so the pastors were saying, look, you know, we're, we're going to tone that down. We're, we're not, or they just stopped talking about it because they figured it, it wasn't worth having this angry barrage. Which I don't think that's the right way to handle it. It's not that you don't talk about it. Yep. It's that you have to, yeah, you have to be sensitive that, like these issues affect people in such a personal nature. Um, yeah. Homosexuality is now seen as who you are, right? Yeah. Not just the act that you do. It's seen as, well, I'm a homosexual and you know, it affects everything. Um, yeah. If you've and, had and an abortion, if you've driven someone to have an abortion, we don't know where that person is at this stage in their life. Right. They might like realize what they did today and it just is devastating so if you're just up there preaching against it and how dare yeah. it, and there's no like sensitivity for what someone has already gone through and yes repented i mean it could just be devastating yes. for them yet and, again. and that's the reality is let's be honest um for the church for for decades really the gospel itself has been lost and we've seen a resurgence of you know gospel preaching We've seen the gospel-centered movement. We've seen suddenly people realizing what the grace of God is. Paul himself was a murderer, and he really puts that at the front of any time he's talking about his own ministry, he says things like, you know, an I who is the chief of sinners. He's not waxing eloquent. He's saying, I am a murderer. And like Moses and David, you know, God has used murders to you know, bring the the next dispensation or the next covenantal agreement with man. It's all been of grace from from the beginning. I mean, most of your Bible's written by murderers. You got Moses, David, and Paul, and um, and so you know, it, it, that's actually you, a really interesting point. I've never thought about that. <laughs> right, and uh, and so here's the deal: is it's all of grace. And so, you know, what what would happen is in the 80s, early 80s, it was baby killers, you know, people with with signs just raging and angry. And then you come into the church and it was very accepted to bring that same terminology in and uh, and 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 really bash on them, those people not realizing that 
that the majority of women sitting there that had been saved during the Jesus movement had themselves had abortions. And so people had to hide that. Well, like I said, at a certain point during the church growth movement, um, women, you know, uh, just were coming up to the front. A lot of them were people that weren't saved during the Jesus movement. They were a little bit older. They were professionals and they would, they would, they would make their voice heard that, Hey, how dare you? You know, I was young. I was confused. I was scared. And, and so what, what happened was the gospel was being lost. I do think that there's a way that you could do it. In fact, um, I was watching Matt Chandler this past week. He, um, I, on Facebook, that's what came up on my feed was a sermon he gave in response to it. And, you know, it was very passionate. It had a lot of, um, you know, uh, it was very inflammatory, but, um, I, I listened to it and I, I was, I was letting my wife listen to it. And, um, and the thing is that, that I think that's important to, to realize is we should talk about it and how we talk about it needs to be always clothed in the gospel itself, that we can talk about the wrong of it, but we also need to make sure that, that there are people, are we alienating people from the cross or are we using this to point people back to the cross? Right. Yeah. And see, I think that's the, what you just hit on right there, that's that's it, right? That's the meat of it right there. Yeah. You can't hide from the truth. You can't sugarcoat the truth. You can't, um, you know, I, I remember back to uh, when we were going through the Book of Romans and Chris Langham was preaching. And because of where we are, I mean, we've had a lot of homosexuals come to our church. We talk about the fact that we got a transgender um, person who comes to our church. And, I mean, that's just where we're at that's that's the deal and i i remember uh chris langham went over to uh the transgender um person and said hey look you know today just so you know we're going to be talking about homosexuality and i just want you to know that this is not aimed at you this yeah it's not it's not like because you're here you know we're we're targeting you right and he made that very clear, but he did not pull any punches in his sermon. No, he didn't. That's the thing. But see, also notice what he did, though. What does he do beforehand? Takes her aside privately and says, hey, look, I want you to know this is what we're talking about today. And it's not, you know, we're not doing this because you're here and we're not aiming this at you. Yeah. And I think how many people would have the wisdom to do that, to just say, you know what? This is an issue for this person over here. And I need to let them know that. This is what I'm talking about, but it's not because I want to offend them. It, it has nothing to do with them. We're going through the Book of Romans. We can't ignore this in the Book of Romans. I mean, you you can't. It doesn't work. No. So, yeah. No, and I think, you know, and going back to the Roe v. Wade, um, the, the whole idea there is I I think – the the general you know we can we can criticize a lot the the you know operation rescue and a lot of the the movements that back in the 80s were like very anti-abortion and went and protested but what we also have to realize is these were children of the 60s although they had done things remember this is the generation of sit-ins and vietnam protests those are the tools that they had that's what they knew that was their cultural way of expressing this is wrong and it's an injustice. So now today we don't tend to do that as much. It's not, it's not our big deal, but, um, but that was it. That's what, those are the tools. That was the culture. That was that generation. They protested everything. And so that's what they did. And, and, and what, what eventually started happening, I can remember 
when somebody kind of made the the case, well, why don't we have a table out front rather instead of placards where we have a table that gives an alternative and talks about adoption and talks about, you know, all these different things and educates and, you know, counseling, abortion counseling, you know, like with a sign that says, before you, you know, you make that decision, stop here, you know, or something like that. And they've got people there. And I remember seeing people starting these and they were saying, you know, we, we staff them with people who themselves have had abortions and they're able to tell them very compassionately, this is what I went through. I was exactly where you're at. And, and this is the pain it's caused in my life. This is boom, boom, boom. Because I think we forget two things. Number one, that if there's a, a, a something God says not to do, it's usually because it's going to hurt us, right? And, and, and number two, whenever there's an injustice, God just doesn't want us to preach at it. He wants us to do something about it. So I was sitting the other morning with my, um, uh, my sinning pastor, and we were talking with somebody about something, and um, <clears throat> he, he, we were actually talking about God's sovereignty. And he brought up the issue. He goes, there's a lot in the scripture I don't understand. There's a lot of the issues of God's sovereignty that's a mystery to me. We were talking about Romans 11. And he said, you know, um, one of the things I really don't understand is I say, God, how would you let, and he mentioned, you know, the millions of babies that, that have been aborted. He goes, how would you let that happen every year? And he goes, and what I've learned is when I ask those questions, I usually hear God ask me back. Yeah. How would you, how do you let that happen? And remember, he's a child of the sixties. That's his you know, that's his response is, well, what do I need to do? And I, I think for me, um, I have not preached into it. Um, I did use the, uh, scandal to talk about, and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that a second. The, um, the Ashley Madison scandal. Oh, I'll talk about that. Cause gotcha. I did preach about that recently. I don't want to tell you how I did it, but, um, but, but for that, I so respect my sending pastor having that response because I don't feel right getting up and preaching about it. Imagine if I just preach about sex trafficking all the time, as horrible and as horrific of an evil that is, but didn't lift a single finger. That's what Jesus criticized the, uh, the, the, the Pharisees for, is they said, you lay burdens on men's backs. And he was talking about the law there. And he says, but you will not lift a finger to, or you will not, uh, was it? Yeah, you won't lift a finger. To, to help help them help alleviate them of that burden and um, and 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 that's that's the issue for me is mm-hmm. if I'm gonna preach on it I better have something that believers can do there better be an answer of how shall we then live and if we as a church are not addressing that problem as a church uh, I'm not saying it can't ever be mentioned but I need to be really sensitive that I'm a ta- that I'm not becoming a talker instead of a doer because mm. preaching at something is quite frankly a very poor substitute for actually preaching and doing something about it giving your people something to do right right yeah yeah because these are uh, these are tough issues man they're they're tough issues that you you have to address um yeah you do yeah absolutely and I mean there's so many things that I mean this year especially, you know, they just tear you up inside. Like, 
we know what Planned Parenthood does. We've known what Planned Parenthood does for a long time, right? Yeah. But then to see those videos, which I can't even watch them. I can't yeah. watch them. I watch like one of them and it just, it turns your stomach. Like when you see it, you realize you're like, you're confronted with that sin. Like you're, you're just, you're flat out confronted with it. Yeah. And yeah. so on one hand, I'm very grateful that these guys have done what they've done because I really feel like we're finally, as a society, we have to look at this issue again. Whether or not it does anything, I don't know. Um, but it also does, I think, in a lot of ways, uh, it might actually bring people back to Christ who maybe Absolutely. haven't confronted what they've done, you know, who've always yeah. been like, well, look, you know, it's my body, it's my right, my whatever. Or, you know, so what if I told my girlfriend to do this? I didn't want to have a kid. You know, I was too young. I was 19, whatever. Well, that's what Matt Chandler in his talk, he he really, it's only a six-minute clip that I saw. And, of course, he's about a 45, 50-minute preacher. So um, it was part of, you know, a, a longer thing. But what he did is he laid out the rationale that I thought was very effective for why people do it. And he was quoting uh, one of the foremost uh, advocates of abortion who was saying, look, I realize it is a human child, but, and, and he was just saying, this is where we're at now, that this doesn't even raise eyebrows, that the person is saying, I realize it is a human child. I understand that. There's no way it's DNA is a human child, you know, um, but I, it doesn't change me one iota from my stance. And so he starts drawing the comparison to, um, all the times in history where the argument was given, um, you are human, sure, but as you you are a you have a lesser right to live, or you have lesser rights as and he mentioned slavery and he mentions Nazi Germany, and he says what we've done is we've created a sub group of human beings, so we call them unborn human beings, but they are human beings. Their DNA is human, and he. He, he lays out the, 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 the issue. And what's helpful about that is we all are very quick to say that if we could go in a time machine and change slavery, we would do something about it. If we could go in a time machine and do something about Hitler, we would do it. We will, you know, never again, let us never forget all those things. And yet we're the same rationale just always comes up in history. You may be human, but you have a lesser right for this reason. It can be that you're a Jew. It can be that you're black. It can be that you're unborn. And that's what he, and I, and I, and I think there's a time and place to expose the rationale to expose the false thinking, because otherwise all we're hearing is the propaganda. And there are people who come back and say, well, that's his propaganda. But I, I think that you're very helped by hearing the, the side of the story. Um, and the church, the church can, and should be a place where you know, particularly on the sanctity of life, that, that that we talk about that, that that was someone created in God's image. The scripture uses a universal plea for the sanctity of life, saying that this is someone you shall not murder or you shall not kill someone who has been made in God's image. And so this is a biblical issue, you know? Yeah. And I think, that, you know, something you hit on there is um, God has called us each to different things. Right. So God, for the church planner, he's called them to reach a certain people. 
And so you, you almost have to like, okay, this is the issue that I need to address. And this is who I need to address. And God has called other people. Like, you know, I think of all these, uh, Christian law firms that, you know, they do all these court cases, a lot of them pro bono for, uh, you know, um, where they see religious liberties persecuted. That's great. God has called them to do something different. I'm not a lawyer. That's not my gig. And I used to be so into politics. I mean, I was like, my first book was a political book. I had a radio show that was a political radio that, which one, that book. Yeah. You know, I didn't write any of it. (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) I wrote like 10 words in that book. The, the the dedication. No, I think we had someone else write that as well. But uh, but hilarious. my point is is like in in getting involved in all the church planning stuff, I just began to realize, look, that's that's somebody else's battle. That's not my battle, right? That's not going to get someone saved if I you know go out there and change our government, whatever that even means nowadays. And really, what needs to be of more concern to me than um, what's going on politically is who's going to hell, right? That needs yeah. to be the bigger concern. Now, this is me speaking, right? This is what I feel God's called me to. And if that's my battlefield, if that's the where I've got to be, then then that's why these issues are so important to know how do I address this from the pulpit? Or not even just how do I address it, because I'm not in the pulpit, but how do I address it just in conversation? And for me, that means in Facebook, you know, how do I address this stuff in Facebook? And you and I have talked about how, you know, recently, and I say recently for me, probably years for you, but, you know, maybe the last year or two for me, I try and be very careful about what I get involved with on yes. Facebook. Yeah. Because I've got a lot of non-Christians. I got a lot of gay friends, things like that. Um, I am sure I've got a lot of people who have had abortions or talked to someone to having an abortion. Yeah, and we bear the responsibility of representing Christ. And here's the deal is I posted something on the abortion. And the, the reason why is because I, I'm careful how I do and I'm careful what I say. And we do need. But not to, without watering it down. No, I don't want, I don't, well, I don't want it down, but I make sure there's a filter on it yeah. that puts, that represents Jesus as best I know how. So here's the deal. A.W. Tozer said, um, we finally have a generation who believes they can accept Christ without renouncing the world. And so, you know, what I'm always suspect when I see someone saying things like, um, you know, for years now, we've heard people with a more, uh, liberal agenda talking about justice, justice, justice to the exclusion of the gospel. And now all of a sudden, when this comes up as a justice issue, um, as, as I pointed out, I can't remember if it was Piper or somebody said, I was, um, oh, not Piper. Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was on the tip of my brain there where he said, where are you guys? Oh, it was Ed Stetzer. And I so respected that oh, he, right, he yeah. came out and said, where are you, where are all you guys talking about justice? You know, where where you, you've been talking about justice and beating the evangelical church for years, saying we don't stand up for justice. Now this has happened, and you're silent. Like how how is that? And and I can remember when I was hearing all these guys talk about justice, justice, justice. That I agree, we must stand for justice. And, and in the case of you know the racial hatred and stuff. 
that's where I tend to make my stand because I see so many racial issues. And like I said, the abortion, these are issues we're standing for. But we must be careful that we don't stand for them at the expense of the gospel, that we don't obscure the gospel. And um, <clears throat> but but what I feel has happened is we're selective as to what justice we will stand for. So, for example, if it's unpopular, what, what I find is the church is more apt to stand for popular justice issues, um, popular social causes. But when it comes to something that might be unpopular, an unpopular social justice issue, the church becomes suddenly silent, and it just it just betrays again that we really uh, are looking for the approval of the world. We're not so much looking for justice. We've, we've used justice as a vehicle to get the applaud of the world around us because we're just tired of having people think we're freaks. Right, yeah. So how would you suggest that people um, deal with these issues when they preach? Yeah, so, okay, so like the Ashley Madison thing, for example, um, when that came up, I'm surprised um, you even know what that is, Mister. I don't have a TV. You told me about it. Oh, did they? and I, I got off the phone. I told Anna, and she's like, "I'm like, I didn't even know about this site." She's like, "I am so glad." <laughs> well, I didn't know about the site either until I'm it. like, Pete told me. <laughs> Pete knows all about it, Andrea. <laughs> it's Pete. a Canadian thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, so anyway, and apparently it's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon. I mean, I've read articles. The funniest article I read about it, and this, this I put on Facebook, um, when you make a deal with the devil, he never keeps his end of the bargain, right? Oh, that's um, actually a great line. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and what I put was it was an article saying that there was actually uh, something like less than 1% of the registered users were actually women, that the company had made up a bunch of dummy women accounts. Yeah. Because there was such an imbalance. Of course, a man sees that and he's like, oh, yeah, an affair. Great. Women are like, I'm not interested in that, you know? So, well, look at all uh, their marketing, too. Apparently, it's some woman you don't see her eyes right with her, her finger over yeah. her lips, like going, shh. Okay, what woman is going to be attracted to that going, oh, yeah, I can go get exactly. an affair? Of course, it's targeted to men. So, it was pretty much a men's site. And there were, there were employees that worked for the company pretending to be women and on and on. And uh, all, all this stuff is just typical of the internet. So I, I did post that because I just thought, you know, hey, people need to know when you make a deal with the devil, he never keeps his end of the bargain. We know that from all. Apparently their subscriptions are up since all of this has happened. And I kid you not, like that's the latest report. Their subscriptions are up. What do yeah. you mean? People are stupid and they're like, oh, cool. There's a site where I can have an affair. So what that all the information came out? So what that there's no women on it? Apparently their subscriptions are up. Holy cow. I know, right? <laughs> so, so anyways, so I preach about it. Hopefully I, I didn't just, you know, wet people's appetite. But in, in my sermon, I, I was just saying that we can. I was <laughs> you didn't, you didn't say my co-host Pete Mitchell is the one who told me all about this because he knows all about it. <laughs> yes, I am way too holy to know about these things normally. But um but yeah, you know, what, what I basically did was I, I showed that we can be so scandalized by this, but all it is is the veneer. Um, when this happens, the curtain's ripped away and the veneer of decency is, is ex it's, it's torn off and we see what we really are. You know, this is, this is a commentary on all of us, not just the knuckleheads who, you know, went onto the site 
And, um, and, and, and the reason why I brought it up was I was in Romans 10 where he talks about, you know, the, the Jews sought to establish their own righteousness. Now I have to share this because I thought this was a hilarious uh, illustration. And I'm just sharing this just because I think it's funny. It's not helpful. But uh, in, in Monty Python, remember the Holy Grail? Where he, he, you know, he's galloping around with the coconuts, and he goes up to the the, the French castle, yeah. And the French guy's like, "Go away, you English pig dog! Your mother was a hamster, you know that whole thing." And uh, but he says, "Tell tell your master I come seeking the Grail," and he goes, "Okay, I tell him, but uh, he say he already got one." That's <laughs> like the funniest line. And so in my sermon, I'm talking about you know. That's how ludicrous it is that the that the Jews were like, hey, we'll establish our own right. You know, hey, God's got his righteousness, but, you know, we already got some, you know, it's like we, we got our own righteousness. And so what I talked about was, you know, um, the whole uh, Ashley Madison thing, that whole scandal is, um, you know, we, we become little, little uh, Pharisees because suddenly everybody pretends shock. Oh! <gasps> You know, and, 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 and they're just peeling back the curtain of what's already there. And the problem is it's all in our hearts, but mm. we all become little ripe Pharisees. The newscasters are reporting on it. It's in their heart. I mean, if you understand anything Jesus was saying about lust and adultery, he makes his, he drops his bomb in the Sermon on the Mount to say, you're, you're no place to judge. If you didn't go on and register the Ashley Madison site, you surely are, your curiosity is definitely piqued by it. And and let's be honest, you might've been a little bit titillated by it. And you might say, gosh, I'd never do that to my wife. And more power to you if you love your wife enough to stay far, far away from that. That's commendable. But nobody gets off scot-free on this one, right? Because Paul even says on the day of judgment, all of men's secrets will be disclosed. And it's kind of like what what it reminded to me, what it reminded me of was the woman caught in adultery. Mm -hmm. So here's all these people caught in adultery. And the Pharisees have come and thrown them down in front of us and publicly exposed them, posted the list. And now Jesus is standing there. So you bring Jesus into this situation. What's he going to do? Is he going to mock? Is he going to laugh? Is he going to point the finger? Jesus just writes down. And so in, in the sermon that morning, I said, Jesus, all it would take this morning to cure us of our self-righteousness on this issue is for Jesus to just go up in front of every one of your chairs and with a Sharpie, because it was like a tile floor, you know, in a, in a high school auditorium. I said, and for him to just write one word or, you know, just quickly write something on the ground in front of your feet. And you would all get up out of here just like they did. And you would leave <laughs> in shame, shock, an embarrassment that your secrets had just been uncovered. And so, you know, that's it really is, you know, the, all of us, Jesus is saying, I'm telling you, you're an adulterer in your heart. You're an adulterer. You know better. Those guys just took the action, you know, uh, they took the thought into action, but it's in you. And so that is my worldview. It's kind of like a cop who walks around going, you're all guilty, you know, judge dread, you know, you're, you're all, you're all guilty of something, you know, and that's, that's what the Bible has to say, but we know it's right. But because we, we believe the lie of self-righteousness, uh, when Ashley Madison comes, we, we think it's a scandal. It's not a scandal. It's always been there. 
You know, um, one of the things that you said just totally reminded me of a, an article I read on Facebook, which is where I get all of my news. <laughs> yes. But Everything it, in this podcast is informed completely by the factuality of Facebook's accounts. <laughs> but it, it had to do with, uh, what's his name? Josh Duggar, I guess is his name. Yeah. He, he's the 19 kids and counting guy who um, was, you know, apparently a lobbyist for family values. And then they find out, oh, well, he's been cheating on his wife and he was on the Ashley Madison site. And that's really what exposed him. And, um, and interestingly enough, there was a great article on this issue. And what the guy pointed out is he said, you know, here's the problem that, that people are having that Christian parents are having. Cause this is my big concern, right? How do I raise my kids? I got a son who's four years old. He just started preschool this week. I'm like, you know, how do I raise him to not be a Pharisee and to not insulate him so much from the world that he doesn't know how to deal with the world? Because right. that's what I saw at Biola was you had a lot of kids, not all of them by any means, but probably 20 to 30% came from the church, came from Christian schools and were completely unprepared for meeting the world. Right. And what this guy's point was, he goes, you know, a lot of parents will uh, protect their kids and keep them from, uh, you know, the outside, as he put it, the world, right? They want to protect them from the world. And so they make them go to Christian schools. They do all of their activities are with the church. And he goes, the problem is they fail to realize that it's not the world that's evil. Mm -hmm. It's us Yep. in the home. It's already in the home because it's already in us. The sin nature is already there. And I just was reading that guy Amen. that that's it man it's so if you start that way being informed by the gospel and you started teaching your kids that and you modeled that to your kids look mommy and daddy you know we're not perfect boom 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 um all those things are so important i mean remember that the the band of last month's band of brothers call in my opinion was our best one ever where we we jumpschooltraining.com jumpschooltraining.com <laughs> jumpschooltraining.com where it, it was we just talked about our kids, like our families, like, how do I do this with my kid? And we were talking about discipline that, uh, and you know, you were a PK. I mean, we, we really just, I, I felt like there was just truth bombs being dropped in that one left and right. And we talked about that, that, that the key to everything, like Augustine said once, they asked him, you know, what's the chief, what are the, the chief uh, three Christian virtues? And he said, well, the first one is humility. And the second one is humility. <laughs> and the third one is humility. Mm. Because if you possess humility, you will possess all of the other Christian virtues. Right. And that's true because you, you, you it, the God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so you, you know, you need grace. You're not constantly in defense mechanism mode. You realize that you, you, you talk to your spouse about it. You know, Ashley Madison, I was like, I didn't know about it. And what was funny was the defenses, the lack of repentance is, is demonstrated by the excuses we give when we're caught. I just got to let, you know, I remember, you know, watching something where the guy's like, you know, I guess they were a real public YouTube couple and it, his name was on the list. And He's like, you oh, know, but yeah, that was funny. I, 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 I never did physically commit the act. I never met with a woman. There were no women there. <laughs> That's why? <laughs> well, you know, but, well, but, Ashley Madison says, what's well, because they don't charge the women to talk. That's why you don't see their names coming up in the role. And, and here's the thing is, you know, our, our defenses are, are, 
you know, my wife and I are really honest about that stuff and we talk about it because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in a position where I got to hide stuff from my wife. I want that stuff to be fully disclosed. She is, if I get tempted, I know this sounds completely weird. She's the first person I talk to. And, and it builds trust in my wife. My wife is like, okay, you're normal. I wondered, like, you know, when this stuff happens, like, you know, I hear about this stuff. How's my husband keeping pure? Well, she knows because I'm constantly updating her. I'm always telling her, yeah, you know what? I, I saw that, you know, if something comes on the, on the TV, I'd be like, oh, you know, that's, that's hard for me to look at right now. You know, that's, then there'll be other stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm a rock. Doesn't even, doesn't even, she's like, really? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even affect me. So uh, your wife ought to be the person you're talking to, to be honest. She's your partner in sex, in, uh, in, in all those things. She ought to be your partner in temptation. So it's mm. my take on it. Interesting. Anyways, your wife might punch you in the head if you share with her. So you need to prep her. But, uh, but that's a relationship that I've well, developed I mean, for my you know, protection. Yeah. I'm, it's, and it's a two-way street. It is not always just <laughs> no, the man. No, it's not. I don't want to hear hers, man. I saw a Matthew McConaughey movie, and gosh, I wish you were like him. No, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Hardcore George Clooney? Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was a flashback to what the beginning the of our podcast. What was the name of your, your little robot that you talked to? It's not actually Madison, is it? I can't say desk? her name, because if I say her name, she's going to turn on. <laughs> Alexa. There can she you, hear me? You can, no, she can't hear you. <laughs> I got my headphones on. Yeah, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the homosexual issue... Let me just say this. I deal with that on a one. If it's in the scripture in front of me, you better believe on or preach it. But if it's a political issue, I'm not going to in the time where I give time to the word of God, bump the word of God out to talk about what America's doing. And what I find is it's the people who never, ever talk with homosexuals about the gospel that are the loudest on Facebook and the loudest and the most obnoxious on the internet. And the reason why is because they have no, it's like the Pharisees, right? They, they were the most vocal about morality, but they wouldn't go and sit in a banquet with them and actually talk to tax collectors and prostitutes like Jesus did and actually minister the gospel to them. And that's the difference. I'd much rather shut my mouth from that when, when the media is talking, so I'm not reactionary and instead be proactive. And actually deal with it. If it's coming across the scripture and it's relevant, I will talk about it in in my sermon. But I will not suddenly schedule a whole thing. Go, everybody, let's get this out right now because you know we got to react to what the government's doing or react. You know, we put it we put it in the magazine. We've got a bunch of articles. We've been run a lot of articles on how you handle this mm-hmm. in Church Planner magazine. Um, and and those are really helpful, by the way. If you haven't picked up. Church Planner Magazine. It's not a commercial for it, but definitely pick that up. Um, they have some fantastic articles in there. We'll have one in the in the upcoming issue as well from mm-hmm. uh, Pete's dad, no less. I know. I think he also says, and by the way, my son, he's a sinner. <laughs> I think that's just what he, he just like tags that in there at the bottom. It's got to be in there. Yeah. In every, it's in his bio. But he says. It's in every sermon he preaches. Oh, by the way. But my they're son, always Pete aimed at me. All my life, every sermon was aimed at me. <laughs> Ah, that's just a Holy Spirit talking to you. Ah, is that what that was? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're about out of time, and uh, we do, however, need to uh, advertise. Do a little advertisement. Yeah. Hey, Which, before we do that, before we do that, Pete, let yes. me ask you. Yeah. Um, church planners, 
Uh, if you're in the San Diego area, you need to come to the church planting train station. It's from 9 to 11 a.m. It's debuting uh, a week from today where this is going on. So September 14th, we are going to be in Oceanside. You can go to uh, the churchplantingtrainstation.com. You can register. You can also just find out the deets and meet us down there. It is for every church planner. It is for newbies. It's for veterans. It's for mid-level experience. And we are a collective. We will be almost like a master class, but really there will be training. I'll be training and uh, we'll have guys there coming in, guest speaking. And it is to form strike teams, guys who are actually going to plant in San Diego County. If you're in Orange County, LA County, a little bit of a drive for you, but we are North County. So just, uh, you know, check out where Oceanside is and uh, it's free, baby. Come on down. Cool. Well, let me ask you something, Peyton. Uh, have you been wanting to get started with online giving for your church? Well, no, because I have MoGive. Well, tell me all about MoGive. What does it well, do? MoGive is an easy online text-based giving system designed for you and your church plant. It's for new and growing churches, and it makes it easy and simple for your congregation to give and to donate right where they sit every Sunday morning. So let me get this straight. They don't have to know any coding or any crazy shenanigans like that, and they can just put a form on their website and people can give safe they and securely? your website, and they click on the MoGib button, and they give directly. They can even set up recurring payments every what? single week or wait, month wait, or day. Wait. What? <laughs> That's right. Where would I find out more about this magical thing called MoGive? www.mogive.com. Forward, forward slash, slash church, church, mogive.com forward slash church. That's awesome. Peyton. Thank you so much. And by the way, I understand they've decided to continue being a sponsor of the podcast throughout the rest of the year. <laughs> much to my shock. And let me tell a story. I was on the phone with Kent Woodyard this, this week chatting with him. And, uh, he, he ended up, uh, I asked him, I said, Kent, do you ever listen to our commercials? And he goes, oh, yeah, man. They're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel bad that we actually waited till the end of this podcast, but I forgot at the beginning of the podcast. But, you know, let, let me also ask you something else real quick, Peyton, and then I'll let you go. You're not really into all the paperwork and administrative duties that are required of church planners nowadays, such as bookkeeping, payroll, insurance, et cetera, are you? You know, I used to be Pete, but then I discovered SimplifyChurch.com. What? What? And it changed my life forever. I used to be buried under dealing with insurances and paying bills and keeping track of donor receipts and reporting to the IRS and making sure I was IRS compliant. But then, like an angel, the heavens parted and down descended SimplifyChurch.com. That's a little mermaid. But uh, you get the picture. True or do not, there is no crime. That's all I'm saying. Hey, simplifychurch.com is the bomb. Literally, we do not advertise anything on here unless we absolutely believe in it. Josh Henry's a guy that heads that company. He is a church planner himself. He feels your pain, but he'll do your math. <laughs> I'm telling you, I should that's write the, copy. That's the new tagline. I feel your pain, and I'll do your math. <laughs> Like Larry H. Parker. My name is Joshua F. Henry, and I feel your pain, and I'll do your math. Is his middle initial really F? And then I'll come in at the end, and I'll go, 
uh, Joshua, <laughs> Joshua F. Henry did my taxes for me and got me 2.1 million. <laughs> I love it. You know, that guy was like uh, crippled, right? But they only remember? showed him from the waist up. Yeah. Remember we had like a whole episode where during Smack Talk, we just talked about him and Cal Worthington. We did. And then, and then all of the Los Angeles based commercials that you had to know and you see him reference in films. You know, after you bring all this up, I actually can see the guy's point. We are a two star podcast. I should probably take back <laughs> everything negative I said about it. <laughs> You're right. We're a two star. That's that's you know, it. Maybe for once, someone finally spoke the truth, Pete, <laughs> and it just hurt. The truth hurts. It took me. It took me an hour for it to get through. But by the end of this podcast, I realized, you know what? We're two stars. We're a two star pony show, Pete. So what we'd like to ask is for you to lie and tell everyone that we're five stars. Yeah, don't iTunes. forget, guys. The more you do that and review it, if you haven't done it, come on, baby, come on, pay it forward. Leave us a five star. I mean, a four. I mean, it, uh, leave us a review, and we will get launched and catapulted in front of the eyes of all the church planners out there that are still lost and crying for mama. There we go. All right, and uh, why don't you sign us out with our tagline? I almost said our tagline, but you got to say. Hey, it. this has been the Church Planner Podcast, sponsored by Church Planner Magazine, reminding you that if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music